welcome to episode 11 of the Splitfire Gaming Podcast. There's been a tiny, unnoticeable gap between the last episode with uh, Mini Apothecary. And since then, he's gone up to something like 1,400 subscribers. So I'll, I'll take the, all the credit for that. We have our first recurring guest, uh, Alan. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's Alan. And what did you do with the massive amount of cash that I gave you to come back then? I um, used it and bought lots of gems and materials on, <laughs> what is it, like Clash of Kings or something like that? <laughs> you mean, the? that brings me to my next topic. Um, why not subscribe to Raid Shadow, no, Shadow uh, Legends? Yeah. That's it. Shadow Legends, yeah. I used it all on that. Oh. You know, they haven't rang back. No? Not at all. No. Oh. I keep ringing them and no. I thought I'd sell out by now, but it's not happened. Um, Even with your hundreds of Twitter followers. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I am a bit of a celebrity now with 325 subscribers. It's not a subscriber, it's a follower. Yeah. What, what are you on now, just to compete here? Um, well, in regards to Twitter... Yeah, on, just I... Twitter, not YouTube. Let's clarify oh. this. <laughs> uh, Twitter, I hate Twitter. Um, but I am on... 17. However, 17. However, I hardly ever use Twitter. I can't oh, get right, yeah, yeah. my head around it. However, on YouTube, I'm on 306. We're not talking about we are not talking about YouTube. It's... 306 subscribers on my YouTube channel. So, I'm quite chuffed about that. Thank you yes. everyone who supports Toy Soldier Tales. <laughs> Couldn't do it without you. Well, since I haven't actually given you permission to promote your stuff on my stuff yet, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. So, so unsubscribe from Toy Soldier Tales. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we now apparently have a rivalry since you trash-talked me in your last battle report. I don't... I, don't, I wouldn't say it was trash-talking. I think it was more along the lines of this guy plays high elves competitively. This is such a slur, right? Yes, I have fielded competitive high elf lists. I also play non-competitive high elf lists. I only use the competitive ones either with permission or in a tournament setting. So you, so you do play high elves competitively now and again? Occasionally, it has been known. But on my desk in front of me is a dragon that I'm using in um, a battle where I'm using a prince and a star dragon, which is pretty uncompetitive i would say that is but you're having a specific dragon off aren't you well yes that was the idea behind it <laughs> it's it, like let's, ha let's have a dragon battle and then you rock up with 30 38 white lions <laughs> and the banner of the world dragon so that's <laughs> that counts does it I know the world dragon makes all dragons stubborn. It does. It? So there, there is a there is a fluff reason for me to take it. Not that I'm going to, allegedly. <laughs> but the guy I'm playing, he will have a dragon off. Oh, I'm, I've, I've dropped that. I'm taking a manticore. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? I didn't realize that it was going to be high elves versus dark elves when you first told me. But I suppose he does have weaker dragons. Let's say, yeah. And cheaper. Let's not, let's not forget the cheapness. 
<laughs> oh, I don't mind. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. It also means that you're painting a new model, you know, for for your collection, yeah. Yeah, I've had to strip the um, the prints. You know, when you not that I'm great at it, but you know, when you noticeably improve at painting and you go back to what you did two years ago, right? that looks rubbish. So now everything's had to go back into the the bio strip. Please sponsor yeah. me, bio strip. But the dragons are right. Well, I, I tell you. Last one turn before I have to take them off. But, yeah. I tell you, I think you were the one who told me about Biostrip, and I have used it regularly since. <laughs> it, it's great. However, do not put in uh, a Lariel and then forget about her because it uh, it destroys the um, fine cast, and you end up having to buy another one. I hear. <laughs> I made that mistake too. I put in some fine cast models and. They didn't that, come out too well. That, didn't, that did not improve my impression of fine cast. <laughs> um, what do I normally do? I haven't done this for ages. What do I normally do? I normally do a little bit of an intro. So what have I written down here? Oh, yeah, I painted 2,500 points of high elves. They are now finished. My tournament list is done. Pictures on Instagram and stuff down below. They look great. I am quite impre- impressed. Please. Are you impressed by that? Yeah. <laughs> They're great if I don't if I do say so myself. I impress myself. <laughs> it's like I thought it was I didn't think it was a pipe dream when I started thinking I'll do this in six months. Um but I'm actually impressed I've gone through with something rather than how they look. That's how easy it is. Spreadsheets, that's how to do it. Keep keeps you in keeps you interested. I have no idea what you mean. Spreadsheets, you know, see, spreadsheets is um, paint slam. It's called. You just keep a, a spreadsheet record of everything you paint in a year, and total. So it's like a unit of eighteen arches, eighteen, and then it's a cumulative total. So you know, you do ten silver helms, then you've done twenty-eight models. So there's a cumulative total of everything you've done. So there's like some sense of you're achieving something. Worked for me anyway. Well, if it works for you, great. Yeah, you know, I, I spent enough time in. Excel at work. Maybe you need a different system, like tally sticks or something. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Crusade brackets losses thousand suns. Oh yeah, we've we've picked up a crusade in uh, Warhammer forty thousand, but because I've switched from knights, which are easy, uh, to thousand suns, which are a bit more nuanced, I just keep losing. So. One second. How how come you played knights then? I love knights. I think the models are great. And there's only like three in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, that's right. You can deploy in what one second. It's <laughs> <laughs> not just putting things into cases and stuff. You just there's a box with the magnets on the floor. There you go. Three knights done. What else have I got here? Toughness five orcs question mark. Is there enough conversation around that or shall I skip it? Well, for someone who doesn't play 40k, like I watch it, um, I paint the models every now and again. Uh, so can I talk about my Instagram now or not? Uh, permission granted, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so on my Instagram, you might see that I've been painting some um, Space Marine Terminators of my own chapter and you know i'm enjoying painting them and i've also got a 40k orc army 
And I was just like, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get these out. I'm never going to play with them. Not that I'm interested in the rules or anything. But when but when it came out, it was like, oh, Toughness 5 Orcs. I was just like, yeah, okay. You know, they're Toughness 5. But they also have no armor save. So, nah. <laughs> you know, it seems to have caused quite a ruckus. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> everyone's now in arms because Bolters are now... Looning on fives, I think. Yeah, not interested. It'll all get it'll all get revamped when they redo the books, anyway. Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, next, cross that out. Uh, oh yeah, I managed to speak to um, Steve from Mini Wargaming. Did the, you? Well, oh. <laughs> not not really. Um, he was oh. live streaming, and I messaged him as myself as as Splitfire. Uh, and I, I was, I don't know whether it's, it's either stalking or it's just showing an interest because when he came on the next time, I, was, I just noticed it as well. And he said, um, oh, send me the link for your, um, your channel and I'll have a look at it and I'll get back to you. And that's what I would say to get someone off my back. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, I don't think he'll come on, but you know, <laughs> I've spoke to, you're not the only um tabletop wargaming presenter that I've spoken to in some fashion so well I feel honoured I tell you what though I am I'm not a celebrity when you compare me to Steve or the miniatures apothecary who you had on previously like when when I heard that he was coming on your channel I was just like wow I'm definitely listening to that so well me and him are like that and that's me on top <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't see, yeah, you can't can't see. I'm crossing my fingers. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> you went like that. I'm like, uh... <laughs> but um, no, like uh, I thought it was really interesting listening to um, to that one. So it was uh, uh, it was sort of a counterpoint to the dislikes we I did about like, episode three, I think. So it's just nice to have something of likes and a bit of a bit uplifting. And then I didn't do one for a month, so uh, who knows? I wonder what he's done with the cash that you <laughs> gave him. He's he's nice though. He 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 wouldn't want cash. No. So he did want uh, to like buy some more gems on. No, Shadow no, he, no he, he wouldn't have done it for like a one month three pass to raid Shadow Legends or uh, whatever the trash that people advertise. I've written here Battlefleet Kothik. Which I think was a joke I made and was very proud of, and nobody laughed at. So I'm going to bring it up here. What's the joke? Well, it, it was I've come up with a new um, sea-based fantasy game called Battlefleet Gothic. Sort of play on Battlefleet Gothic. Yeah, that's hilarious. No, that is- no, right. <laughs> <laughs> and move on. I actually like Battlefleet Gothic. Just. No one ever played it. I like Battlefleet Gothic, except you can't, unless you want to sell a kidney, you can't actually get the miniatures anymore. Yeah, I had a Necron fleet um, a long time ago, which I sold to pay rent. <laughs> I had a, um, I spent £200 on Vitonians in about 2003, and I think I gave them to someone in return for, I think it was. Um, a Tyrannifex and a Turvig, no, a Trigon. And, I, oh. and I'm looking now and thinking, 
I was I shafted oh, myself there. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> They're worth their weight in saffron. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Never mind. Yeah, well. The, the problem with that was I I bought two hundred pounds worth of um uh Bretonians. I built them all, I undercoated them, I started painting the knights and thought, I hate this. I I, I can't bear to paint horses and knights. And then he went in the cupboard for Ten years, and then we're given away. Fair enough. And there's, there's a, there's a tragedy. Anyway, um, you are the host, presenter, executive producer of Toy Soldier Tales. As anyone who watched the previous episode, you were on. Um, you are back filming now. You've got two battle reports up very recently. How is that going? Yeah, what is it? Host, producer, editor, right director. <laughs> Best boy, key grip. He's <laughs> like everything. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good to be back filming. Um, what, what was it? So we were allowed to go around other people's houses again. Um, and that that day, like that evening on the Monday, um, I went round to uh, Graham's. <laughs> It's like, oh, <laughs> record a bar report and get something up. You tell it, but it just appear on the front door. We'd arranged it because um, even with lockdown, I haven't actually painted that many armies. <laughs> you know, um, and I was like, no one wants to see my Nurgle demons again on the channel. Um, and I, I only have like one painted... 2500 point Warriors of Chaos Army, which has a Nurgle Demon printed, which is 500 points. I haven't painted 500 points of other units to replace that, so I was like, no one wants to see that. And then um, I was like, no one wants to see my high elves again. <laughs> you know, so it was like, well, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, they've been on a lot. And, um, and so I was like, um, oh, you know, I've used. Corn demons on on the channel before. I've used Nurgle demons. I've got a friend who's painting up a Zinch demon army for the channel. Um, and I was like, "Oh, Graham, you've got like Sunesh demons. Can I borrow them?" And you know, we'll have a game. And he was like, "Yeah, sure." So that was really good for filming because all I needed to take was like a backpack of like dice and rule books and you know, yeah, like so a camera. I, I think yeah. you've cracked this because um, it's not your army and it's. Not your property you're filming in, so <laughs> all, all the uh, ancillary expenses have been borne by somebody else. I know, I know, I know. It, it was very, very kind of very, very generous of him. And and then when we were like, Oh, let's play another game, um, and get some more, you know, another video on the channel, he was like, I want to use my high elves, and I think it was because. You know, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I think he he wanted to beat me, and so I, I was don't like, give spoilers away. But... No, 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 I don't. I haven't given a spoiler. I'm just saying he wanted to beat me, so he's you know he's he's taking aisles, and I was like, uh, okay, um, what have you got? Because I, you know, it's only been a week, and I'm still in the same situation as I was last week. You know, so what have you got? And he was like, oh, how about Skaven? Do you want to have a go with Skaven? And I was like, yeah, they haven't been on the channel yet, you know? And 
I think, you know, the the main reason for trying out the different armies is to keep the varied content and, you know, people just don't want to see the same thing over and over again. And so it was, you know, it was very nice of Graham to, you know, to let me borrow his armies. And if you compare me to some of these other channels, you know, like Tabletop, well, Mini Wargaming or Tabletop Tactics, you know, some of like the uh, biggest out there. We're not allowed now. I know we did before. We're not allowed to have a go at Mini Wargaming on the off chance that Steve listens to this and agrees <laughs> to come on. I wasn't going to have a go. I was just saying, you know, it's it's their like full time job to paint armies, you know, produce battle reports, and you know, it's obviously not mine. You know, I have to pay rent. Not, not so. yet. No, not yet. Maybe one day. If I if I get your Twitter following, then maybe. But it's like I need, um, you know. That's why I've got like my friend painting up a new army for the channel, you know. And it's why you know I'm painting like a, a um, an ogre army on the side. And yeah, it's just it's it's full time. It's full time just trying to get different armies and um, different things on the channel because I refuse to put unpainted armies on the channel you know that's fine for some people and you know there's some channels out there that produce really good content um but for me it's just like no you know i want to make sure everything's painted everything's based everything's in movement trays and and then we can um we can do that so it just it just it does mean that there's a lot of time spent off camera (laughs) trying to get stuff ready (laughs) but i enjoy it so hopefully we'll get some more battle reports recorded and um, with some new players and um, get more content out there. But the response and support has been fantastic um, from the community. Got some guys from Russia, like commenting in Russian and I'm having to copy and paste it into like (laughs) Google translate to see what they're saying, which is quite funny. But um, yeah, you've been influenced by Russian Russian bots, is that? <laughs> when I translated it, when I translated it in Google Translate, it said the message was super protein receipt for Sunesh, my compliments. <laughs> Wait, what's the... Any, any sleeper agents have just been activated by that code word. <laughs> super protein receipt. <laughs> You know, I'm sure that's not right, but I get it. I understand. <laughs> um, is that a bit of a hint about what might be coming up then? Celeste, uh, sorry, Zinch demons and ogres. Yeah, so um, ogres. I need to finish painting. How many? Maybe nine more models, and then that army's done. But the good thing about that, all, all the other models I've done before it, all the movement trays have been based and textured and done. Um, you know, so they're all they're all like 100%. And then I've got like nine more models to paint for that, but they just happen to be very large models because they're ogres, you know, so hey, it's like... Nine models, that's about a third of the army, though. <laughs> yeah, but, but like one of them's like an Iron Blaster Cannon, which has got like a lot of stuff on it and a lot of stuff going on. It's not like, oh, I'm painting nine elf spearmen or <laughs> whatever, you know. It's like, you know, it's like white a lines. big kind of, yeah, nine white lions or whatever. So it's like a big model. Um, 
There's a, there's a lot going on them. Um, but yeah, my um, my friend wanted an army. Yeah, the guy who's painting the Zinch demons for me. He we're going to be going to Triple Crown um, in August. And that, that's funny because so am I. I know. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. <laughs> and a so there's a group of us going. Um, and so he wanted an army. <laughs> None of it's like his models. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of the models have been like donated to him um, from a from a group of us. Not by Graham. Like, no, know, no, 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 not, no. Not leashing no. him for some more stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, he was like, "Ah, oh, I want an army that no one sees. Um, I, I want an army that um, can handle Alariel and the White Lion Horde and." something that's a painting challenge so i was like i want 2500 points of zinch demons on the channel here's the list yeah do you fancy painting this and he's like yeah actually i do fancy painting that because that's not like an army that you'd usually see um so i sent him like half the models and his brother gave him the other half of the models so there he is he's with his 2500 points each army that he's going to be building and painting and if it's not on the channel before triple crown you'll see it at triple crown so pretty good yeah um well that's uh, the development of your channel i have decided to professionalize my channel and stop being a sort of amateur long form interviewer and become more of a professional journalist who just goes for inane gotcha questions style of uh, oh no so here we go (laughs) right um so alan Mm. in the bat rep with graham you used the previous edition's terror rules when the battalions try to charge uh, the keeper of secrets um are you going to resign over this (laughs) um no yeah so i apologized um after the the making of the 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 game. Someone Did you apologise to enough people though? Yeah, I'll do it now. I'll do it now to your <laughs> three hundred followers. I'll say, you know, I'm sorry for getting the rules wrong. And yeah, you know, we got the rules wrong. Hold my hand up. You know, fair enough. Um, uh, you know, I spoke to someone. Someone in the comments like mentioned it, and I was just like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that you know. But that's what you, I'm. My only defence. It, which isn't really a defense is I haven't played in a long time. <laughs> you, know, you know, I haven't played in such a long time. And, um, but, but also like, questing nights get shields. Um, and you didn't count that in, I think for that yeah, like, corn thing. I, I know. And uh, so, it, so do you think that's acceptable? <laughs> it's, this is the thing, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. I think, that, I think, you know, God, if you've watched the Skaven one, there's even more things we got wrong in that. But, you know, my oh, thing well, is... I'm getting onto that. You're getting onto that, yeah. <laughs> but now the, um, the Brett one, I, as long, I trust the other person, yeah, who's playing their army to, to tell me what stuff's got and what hasn't, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's that. And I'm not blaming Graham, but it's like, there's two people playing the game. It's not just one person. So 
in regards to the Brett's, which uh, the I'd only be really upset about it if it changed the outcome of the game. Yeah, I think because it didn't, then I'm not like I'm not too upset about it. I just hope people still enjoyed the material and. Yeah, we got those two things wrong, and hopefully we'll nip them in the bud and you know get. But in that episode, you say that Malekith is the true Phoenix or Eternity King. Um, (laughs) How can you justify spreading fake news in the middle of a global pandemic? I think, I think it was published. It was published in. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm pretty. I've got the book on my shelf. Right, I can go get it. Let me let me address this. Right. The film Highlander 2 was released, but it isn't canon because it trashes the myth, uh, everything that Highlander 1 did, right? <laughs> so in the same way, just because something was published doesn't mean it's correct or right. Yeah, but the thing is, they, they came out and said after Highlander 2, right, that it wasn't canon or something, yeah? Yeah. Didn't they, they do Highlander Endgame or something? They did. After? They totally ignored it with Highlander 2. Yeah. Okay, that, that that's fine, you know. And and when Game Workshop released Storm of Chaos, they said afterwards, "Oh yeah, that's not canon. That had never happened." Yeah, and it went on to end times. But seeing as Age of Sigmar is still going, the end times happened, <laughs> and they haven't since said that that's not canon. It's not like Disney and Star Wars, where Disney have come out and said all the books, all the Star Wars books. Uh, no longer canon. <laughs> you know. Well, I've made yeah. that decision for them. Oh, so, okay, okay, fair enough. So, fair enough. And with my might of three hundred plus Twitter followers, they better listen. Yeah, you you go take on that uh, Age of Sigma community. <laughs> Don't get me started on the amount of times I've been snubbed by the hobby roundup. Oh man! But no, it, 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 I I know I know. Every time I say it, it's going to trigger you. <laughs> every time I oh say come it. on! It's total horseshit. <laughs> what? Well, I don't. You know, I think it. I. Uh, I'm going to upset you. It doesn't make any sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna no sense. You know, I'd, no I'd sense rather. I'd, I'd rather well, have Malekith if, leading it than Tyrion. If he'd stepped in, if he'd just stayed in that flame one more second, everything would have been fine. And yeah. and Assyrians just fine with a succession of imposters with magic protection taking the kingship, even though he's supposed to have picked. I can't bollocks. believe that's the thing you're upset about the most. Or, or is this your next question? Because I think we also said on the on the episode that. The Lady of the Lake was an was an elf god. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that was always sort of hinted at. No, come on, that's worse. That's worse. That's not worse. That's it irrele- is. It's, it, they're an irrelevant minor human faction. Who cares, who <laughs> minor, cares? minor human faction. Who, who cares who they're worshiping? No, but it was just like you know. <laughs> just, I think that's more of a kick in the teeth than than anything because it's like, but yeah, but that that's the army where they hadn't given them a new book since sixth edition. So it's, <laughs> kicking Bretonian players isn't really a, they haven't got a problem with that really. No, I think I think they have to. Right? It, it, it's, it's, you know, you know what the, you know what I can imagine is you know with this old world tease releases that Games Workshop did. And then they teased the Bretonian map, didn't they? You yeah. Know, with all the new like coat of coat of arms and stuff. And they've said which king it is as well. It's yeah. Uh, well, I, I, 
I wouldn't be surprised that what Games Workshop will do to kick him in the teeth, kick Bretonian players in the teeth, is they'll release them last. Well, just for the say, game's <laughs> finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they'll do is they'll they'll do every other army book if they do army books or whatever, right? And then, and that will take maybe three years, and then they'll release edition one or whatever they're going to call it of Bretonians, and then they'll update the core rule book to edition two, and then Bretonians will be the last ones to get updated again. And the to- the rules are totally <laughs> incompatible with, uh, <laughs> with the, the next edition. edition. <laughs> and they'll do something like that. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm only, yeah, uh, I'm not being serious about the hard hitting journalism on the errors. Oh, no, I'm enjoying it. I quite liked it. But, <laughs> like, the, the Melikith thing. I'd... I'm being deadly serious about that. I know, I know you're being deadly serious about that. But we, I think Graham and I both knew that that would get a rise. <laughs> get a rise out of some people. Well, if, if you notice how many boarded up windows I've got in my house after watching it, then that's uh, <laughs> various objects went through them. So. Not oh, very good. Well, is that is that nothing for is that is that is that it in regards to the hard hitting questions? Uh, let's have a look. Oh, I had another one. Um, how do you account for the fact that when you counted up ranks with a storm vermin at the uh, on the second game you've just released, uh, you said they had three ranks, and in fact they only had two. Um, Did you not include the bell in your calculation? Uh, well, why are you attacking the press in this way? <laughs> are, are you are you against freedom of, of the press? No, like, I think I think again, like it on the first turn when the elves charged, it doesn't really matter because you know they they lost combat. Not the elves, the storm vermin lost combat. They're unbreakable, right? So it don't really matter. And then, and then, yeah, spoilers. And then in the next round, an, a unit of whatever they called clan rats charged them in the flank. And there's at least three ranks there. Yeah. So, either way, three ranks. Well, we, well, what was established is you hate the free press. So that's how that works. <laughs> oh, man. yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> that was that, that was all. That was the professional section of this. I don't think I'll keep doing that. <laughs> I didn't quite. I didn't enjoy being a uh, press hound. Though. <laughs> Am hey, I going to resign from my own channel? Yeah, from your own channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I got some rules wrong in this Warhammer game, and therefore we'll never release a battle report ever again. <laughs> you, need, you need to make a cringing, empty, uh, nonsensical public apology. It means nothing. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I made I made a serious lack in judgment. <laughs> well, you need to express regret, which isn't an apology. It means nothing. I express regret that people were offended by my actions. <laughs> I regret that people caught me. Yeah. Well, you. you oh, that's what I was going to mention. Um, do you know? Do you, do you see that scandal about the guy who cheated? What was he called? TJ something or other. He's like a big time, forty k player. Um, podcast host or something like that and they caught him on camera at some televised tournament um, blatantly cheating oh, really? uh, yeah and some guy on Twitter caught it and said oh at these times I think he's doing something what he was doing is 
like fast dice rolling and then applying rules that didn't make sense. So he, well, the clip I saw, he was like saying, uh, hit on twos, rolled really quickly, picked everything up and then said like re- plague weapon, re-roll. But it wasn't a plague weapon. And then just said, right, there's five wounds when in fact it was four. Uh, it's just, you're on telly. <laughs> if you're going to cheat, which I strongly suggest you don't do, don't have it broadcast to a lot of interested <laughs> people. I, I think, you know, when I play in tournaments, then, you know, I play a lot slower. I like to make sure all, everything's correct, all the rules are right, because it just makes the game fair, yeah? And, but, so he's got no excuse, right? No. When you go into a tournament, you should know what your stuff does. And the other person is trusting you in that. And you're giving up. I don't know who this guy is, but when you go to a tournament, you should know what your stuff does inside and out. And you, sh- so the other person shouldn't have to keep questioning you because you should know and you should be truthful and honest in what your stuff does. And it, 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 it it's kind of sad. And but going back to like the film in the battle reports, when you film the battle reports, one you're playing with one hand. <laughs> Right, because one hand's like holding the camera. And you're trying to make the game just fast-paced, and it's just like, let's go, go, you know, let's play fast, you know, let's keep the action and entertainment up, and you can't keep checking the book or or, or using an army that you've never played before, (laughs) which is what I've done on the last two. Or or both, as the case may be. Yeah, you know, so it's it's, it's a lot more difficult when, when you're doing the battle reports. I wasn't um, also wasn't morally comparing you with a oh, blatant no, cheater. No, so no, that no, may have come off a bit I, wrong. No, 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 no. I'm not. It's, 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 I'm saying he's. he's he, I don't know who he is. I don't know what. I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything about that until you said it. But you know, in tournaments which I've been to a lot of, you know, you put a lot of trust and faith in the person you're playing against that they know what their army does. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit there and question everything that they do and tell basically give tell me to give them the book you know games workshop release an errata every week <laughs> you know whatever it is for armies and you know you, there's no way that you're going to be able to keep up to date with what your army does and it, what every other army does so just you just have to like, put a bit of trust yeah it just looked like he was barracking them it was like it was fast play so like before you've even had a chance to think is that right? He's already picked up the dice, re-rolled it, and told you that there's five wounds. So, yeah, blatant cheat. Yeah, um, well, I, 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 I've had people play like that with me in the past, and I just say, right, dude, slow down. Yeah. I mean, slow down, you know, I, I can't see what you're doing. rolling, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's... Some, some people don't play this game to make friends. <laughs> You've been accused of that. <laughs> I have. I've... Yeah. I always try and help people out after I've destroyed them. Well, yeah, as I know from direct experience. <laughs> right. So our topic for today is very similar to our topic from last time. Whereas last time we had a rambling two-hour chat about general stuff that we liked about fantasy. We've got specific the last one was chaos, and this is order. So this is the top five specific things about fantasy that we like. So this is oh. more high elfy versus your chaos demons version of the last one. 
Do you want to start or shall I? Let's go with yourself. Oh, let's mix it up. It's normally the guest that goes first. But anyway, number one is the War of the Beard. Ah, uh, yeah, Mister High Elf. War of the Beard's a classic. Well, you know, in I, I'm I'm probably going to prove my uh, ignorance here in Tolkien's stuff, which this is all obviously ripped off of in <laughs> one way or the other. The elves and the dwarfs don't get on, as I understand it. But in the film, anyway, which is you know the uh, the original work, not the uh, novelization that Tolkien did, um, they don't really explain why, and I'm not really inclined to look into it. So as my ignorance explained, but the War of the Beard is just such a great explanation of why the elves and the dwarves hate each other, and how they expended essentially their entire civilizations to um, mutually assured destruction, based on. Basically nothing. Um, it, it was a, a oh, mild... by by the uh, the the soon well the Eternity King. Once it, it was all done by him. Let me just once... edit this out and try <laughs> that take again. <laughs> but it was set up by Malekith, the, uh, yeah, the 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 Eternity King. No, <laughs> no, he, he had his chance, and the flame incinerated him. So. <laughs> No kingship for him. In fact, yeah. he, had, he had to set up his own kingdom to become king. He had to set his own little club up that he can be in charge of. Anyway, so yeah, they elves and dwarves have a um, a good relate previous to this have a good relationship where they're trading and allies and helping each other out and whatever. <laughs> and. That's true. Don't, don't even no, 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 they do. I was just going to tell you where it comes from in Lord of Rings based upon the films. Oh, so go in, on. in the films, have you watched the Hobbit films? Yes. So the Hobbit films happen prior to the Lord of the Rings film in terms of chronologically. And the elves and the dwarves trade, traded and stuff, um, as given with um, the Mines of Moria and the Elven Gate to get into the minds of Moria and also the, the woodland elves and the, and the dwarves of the Lonely Mountain. Um, but when the Lonely Mountain was under attack from Smaug, the elves told him to, fuck off, we're not helping you. So Yeah, that's, that's, ru- that's a rubbish explanation. That, that's naff compared <laughs> to the War of the Beard. It's not, it's not War of the Beard, you know, <laughs> but, it was, you know, but it, 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 it's something along those lines, yeah? It, they, you know, the elves didn't help the dwarves when yeah. the dwarves needed help, Warren. so the dwarves... So the dwarves are like, up you elves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tolkien. Miss, drop the ball on that one. I don't think it's Tolkien. I think it's more the people who produce the films. <laughs> that wasn't the only issue with those series of films. <laughs> <laughs> For my review channel, go to Splitfire Filming. Um, so yeah, the, the elves and the dwarves are getting on. Uh, Malekith, after being kicked out of Ulthwan, uh as he deserves... Um, he decides to make some mischief by attacking, dressing up as high elves and attacking dwarf trade caravans. So the dwarf king says, sends an embassy to uh, Calador II, who's the phoenix king at the time, who's very misunderstood, um, saying, uh, what the, what's going on with these caravans? Why are you attacking these caravans? Um, and then he d- it keeps happening, and he... Um, or he demands compensation for it, compensation for these trade caravans that have been um, attacked and destroyed. 
And Calador, in a diplomatic masterstroke, says, um, the Phoenix King doesn't answer demands, he grants pleas. And then he has the ambassador's beard shaved off, which <laughs> diplomatically is apparently a bit of a problem for dwarfs. I don't understand the problem. I think <laughs> I think that was quite a um, quite a just response to such outrageous demands from a dwarf to the Phoenix King. But apparently that that's not what the dwarfs thought. That's some massive insult in dwarf culture. Whatever. Uh, and then the dwarf king declares this huge vent, uh, vet, war of vengeance that they call it on the um, innocent high elves they start besieging all the colonies <laughs> in the old world essentially it's this apocalyptic um, <clears throat> it's this apocalyptic confrontation because this is sort of Ulthuan's armies at its best because Calador is the son of Calador the first who's beaten um, Malekith out of Ulthuan so the, these veteran armies that are just completely ground into dust um, fighting the dwarfs in the old world. And I think it ends with um, what's supposed to be a huge suicidal final siege of the dwarven, I'm not sure if it's the capital, but it's this huge hold. Calador gets killed by the, um, the dwarf king himself. Calador previously had killed the dwarf king's son, I think. Uh, everybody dies. The whole armies get destroyed. The civilizations have spent loads of money, resources, manpower on uh, trying to win this unwinnable war. Um, and then when Caldor's killed, the next Phoenix King says, we're not fight wasting our time with this. Recalls the armies because then there's a, um, a massive dark elf invasion. But I just think there's an explanation for why they hate each other. It's because they're still... You know, if you have a row with like a, a partner or something, and now they're just over this sort of, we're not speaking to each other, but we're like, your keys are there, or uh, mm. don't forget you've got that appointment later on. They're at that level of, after thousands of years, they're still like not over it. And it sort of impacts everything that the, the dwarves don't trust the high elves, high elves don't trust the dwarves, the empire's stuck in the middle. So it sort of shapes everything that happens afterwards. And I just think as a um, as a significant event in the old world, it's um, it's really good. It's really well done. It, it, yeah, because you have these like two big superpowers that have you know there hasn't I think around about this time there hasn't been any like large chaos incursion or or anything like that. You know and. They they literally you know they're two superpowers that go to war they grind each other down grind each other down like you said and then after that the elves are always on the back foot in terms of their colonies you know for the next god knows how long and then the dwarves are also they can't keep a hold of all their you know all their keeps and everything which eventually get swallowed up by orcs and goblins and skaven so yeah. I think just as they're declaring victory at this it's where. The Skaven start bursting into their um, their holds and stuff. So like, well, we've got we've got no one to defend them. So it's um, the same happens to Ulthuan when they get invaded. Fortunately, the um, the armies that come back um, and the generals they're all sort of like well experienced because they've survived mm. this horrific war. So Ulthuan's not completely undefended, but it's like. It sort of marks the decline of the, the 
the professional high elf army and mm. then later on they have to depend on the citizen levy but this is sort of where the like the peak army is destroyed and they've got nothing they've got to build it back up from very little yeah it's it you know what uh, it's it's very good so, yeah it's one of the best um wars that's been accounted you know in in the history of warhammer there's obviously several but that's that's what that's got to be one of the best ones yeah so i do agree that's a good one especially for such a high elf fan such as yourself yeah. decides to rub it in and say oh they stole the uh the you know the, the dwarves took the phoenix king's crown right well as caradriel says i'd rather lose the crown than lose the kingdom make me another one yeah so he knew yeah. when to cut his not losses, but not he knew when to cut his not wins, to put that in a diplomatic term. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, good one. Good one. I can't argue with that one. There's there was a um, I think it was sixth edition dwarf army book where you had Al Alfric Runic or something he was like one of the dwarf kings you know the model everyone knew eventually came to know as dwarf lord on shield bearers oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know he was the guy on shield bearers with like the double-headed axe and he had like the wings on his helmet yeah he was actually a named character and you know i don't want to butcher it and he he his he had a special army so if you took his him you couldn't take black powder weapons yeah, and it was essentially like a war of the beard army because oh, right. you couldn't, they didn't, supposedly they didn't have like cannons or um, ha- um, thunderers or flame cannons or anything like that. You, you, you could only take crossbows, bolt throwers and good throws and it was like a war of the beard army. It was like quite cool. I'm sure but they did away with that. Yeah. I'm sure Gavin, who was on for the Emperor versus the Emperor one, he mentioned that I think White Dwarf published rules for like War of the Beard um, Dwarves Army versus High Elf Army rather than Militia. And mm. I'd, I've never seen it, but that that would be really interesting if they could um, find something to do with that because it's not the it's not the Citizen Levy; it's the proper professional military that they, mm. they don't really have much of anymore. But yeah, it, it, I think it. I think it'd be quite uh, cool to do, um, like a, a whole war of the beard um, kind of army slash game. So, but dwarf models are really hard to come by these days. So. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't yeah. agree with the end, but you know you've got to accept some things you don't like. <laughs> yeah, well, never mind. Poor, poor Calador, eh? He did nothing <laughs> wrong. That's just... He did nothing wrong, no. no. That's a massive insult. Caldo the second did nothing wrong. <laughs> How is he to know? Caldo the second did nothing wrong. Prove me wrong. That's it. <laughs> Facts. You can't. <laughs> so that's your uh, number one. Not in any particular order. <laughs> it's not in any particular it's order. It's not, no. It's in no particular order. And I've got a mix between game and law um with an ore rather than an aw <laughs> um so actually there is a number one but i'll save this to the end yeah um the the you know what i really like is the map right <laughs> the old world map is 
awesome. Like, I absolutely love it. I love all the attention to detail. I love the fact that they've come up with history and lore for every single mark on the map. I know it's, you know, it's like 20 years in development, but... I love how, you know, they've got the different factions spread across the map. Yeah, it's based on Earth. But I think I think it's just, you know, they've taken that inspiration, they've taken it one step further. They've there's such a rich history. There's all these history on all these different kingdoms and empires, you know, rise and falls of kings, queens, you know, gods, deities. And I just think you you can just look at the map and go Oh, what's that? You know, what's that? Oh, you know, and then and then all of a sudden you're just uncovering and covering and covering a rich tapestry of history, and I I think it's fantastic. And every time I read an army book or um, I read um, one of the Warhammer novels or anything, I'm always going back to the maps and going, so where are they now? You know, where are they now? Oh right, they're here. Oh yeah, this makes sense. Oh, that's cool. And I just think it's brilliant. And it kind of leads on to my next one, which I won't start on. But when you think about some of these um, wars that happen between the war, you like for example the War of the Beard, and you, and you think about the dwarves had to traverse that amount of space to get to Ulfwan or you know, or the other way around. It's just like. It just makes you think about the vast distances that these armies and characters and people are having to travel, and I just think it's, I think it's amazing. I just think it's great. I love it. Have you, have you seen in um, uh, Bogman's Bar? There's that massive. I think it might. I think it's still there. There's the massive uh, reproduction of the Warhammer World map. Yes, I would like if if you're listening, um, whoever runs Warhammer World, Duncan Rhodes. Um, if you ever get rid of that for whatever nonsense AOS has instead of that, uh, I'll, I'll buy that off you because I want that for my wall. But it's it's on my list of top five things. Uh, yeah, but I, I doesn't mean I it doesn't mean I can't agree with your choices. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, you know, it, yeah, that would be so good. Can you imagine producing battle reports and having that on the wall behind you? <laughs> How cool would that be? But no, I'm just looking at it now. I've got it on on my screen, you know, looking at it. And I'm just like, it's just brilliant. You know, I can't pick fault with it. If you you remember particularly like the fourth to sixth edition books, they would only have a map of like the area of the army you were were collecting. Mm. So Mm. it was quite interesting because I could never place places like um, Estalia and Talia. And yeah. when you actually see it in the map, you're like, oh, that's where that is. That's south of the Empire. Like, I had a real problem with where is the Empire? How big is it in relation to everything that's surrounding it? And when you see the map, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because there's that's where that battle's happened. There's, um, there's Britonia. There's the border there. And oh, that's where the chaos comes. So, yeah, that is a massive problem. And there's um, Norska. So that's where they all come in there. So it, I, I fully agree. It is, it's a... I really like looking at the map just from a oh that's there that's that's what's placed there, and if you look across the top, 
you can walk from um, Kislev all the way across the top into Nagaroth because it's not like <laughs> you, theoretically you can. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah. If you had a one-up ward save, you could do it. But um, <laughs> but there's also bits of the map that they're not explained or explored. Is it like um, yeah. only dimly aware of Cathay and Nippon and the they King of Ind? Hinterland of Kurish. Like I'm probably saying that wrong. Kurish, Kurish. Like no, they haven't. You know, loads of places. But I kind of like the idea. I and I, if if Warhammer was to keep going, I would have loved for them to have got their own army books and stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure with them releasing Cafe in in. Warhammer Total War that they will maybe yeah that's a giant wink wink it uh, yeah. see what's coming and, and it's also a way of bringing in like um, you know the China you know the China market yeah you know to you know to to bring them in it's like when they released Tal you know and it was it just coincided with when they started opening stores in Japan <laughs> you know it's you know but anyway. Um, yeah, but nobody likes Tau, so that's a, that's a backfire. <laughs> I know that's not true. <laughs> but, you know, there's Tau, Tau Nick on Tabletop Tactics, yeah? Is there? His nickname's Tau Nick. Uh, He's like one of the main guys on the channel. I'm, anyway. still not, I'm still not buying that anybody likes them. But, he, but what was I saying? But yeah, it was, you know, but it was also like, it's like some mystical far-off land that you know, no one knows about, you know, there's only like little hints and, um, you know, there's not much that you hear from that far off mystical land. And that, and for me, I liked that because it, it was like, the, the, the world is still not fully discovered. Yeah. There's still areas of mystery and intrigue and things that we don't know about. And I kind of liked that. I kind of liked, yeah, we don't know about this, far off land um and I, yeah i liked it you know i know you could say oh but what about the lizardman you know but it's like yeah i've got the army book it tells me all about it yeah <laughs> but you know i quite i quite liked that there were some areas that were unexplored and hadn't come under the microscope yeah so that's sort yeah. of like um i'm gonna bring up the lizardman actually but like the um the Southlands is they know roughly that there is some lizardmen there, but from um Kemri down to like the Southlands, it's not really explained what's there. Mm. Uh, so and then yeah, Lustria itself is not fully explored. And um Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a pretty good choice. Yeah, and and the other thing as well, it's great when you're trying to come up with by armies or coming up with your own colour scheme or whatever. So, you know, when I did my first high elf army, not the one I've got now, but one I did years and years and years and years ago, I was like, I I don't want to do an Ulfwin army. Yeah? I want to do one of these, um, you know, colonies. So is it like the Tower of Dawn, Citadel of Dusk? Oh, yeah, you know, right. They've got a great it, scheme as well, is it? Is it the Citadel of Dusk on the Lustrian side? Yeah, so Citadel of Dusk is like South Lustria, and then you've got the the Tower of Dawn, which is at the south tip of the Southlands, yeah, and then 
there's like the Tower of Stars, and you know, there's like all these different um, like elvish colonies on these like islands dotted around the you know the globe. And it was just like, yeah, because if you think about it, you know, the tower, the Tower of Dawn is probably the closest place to the Southern Wastes, and the Southern Wastes just has the line. Here be demons, and it's just like this continent. It's just got demons on it, yeah, because it's the you know the southern pole, and it's just like you can just imagine that you've got this garrison of elves that deal with obviously trade ships going round the the southern tip of the Southlands, you know, between Araby and uh, you know the 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 you know the Eastern Kingdoms. And, you know, so they're dealing with that, but they're also dealing with the fact that just across this narrow strip of water is an unlimited amount of demons. <laughs> yeah. It's quite, um, it's quite, quite grim, cool. that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool. And I was like, I could, I, it'd be really cool to do like a, a grim, dark garrison that has to, one, deals with these merchants and traders, but also has to deal with the fact that the enemy is there. I think it's quite cool. Is that on when they did the uh, the old world map that we were talking about before? There is a um, like an island colony off the coast of Britonia that was the high elf colony. So that now was totally speculative. Like, but are the high elf involvement? If there's high elf involvement in this game, are they just going to be like garrisons from um, outposts? They'll not be. What's on Ulth one? There'll be what's available to these garrisons. Mm. Who, kn- who knows? I'm looking who at the map now. Actually, it's great. It's just I just you know I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's, I'll agree with that one. So that's, we've agreed with each other's choices. <laughs> then I think so far, I don't think we've got to the controversial ones yet. I've got one that you'll probably say. Well, how predictable, but anyway. Um, my next choice, then, is the magic phase. Because it's great. <laughs> I, you know what? The magic phase is brilliant. It's, um, it, it's again, because I'm a massive 8th um, edition fanboy, but it's the best version of the magic phase that they've done. Um, yeah, fight me, sixth edition players. <laughs> oh no, I don't know if I agree with this. It's great. I, no, I think it's great. I think I love the magic phase. I think it's fantastic. I don't know if it's the best version of it though. I I think the um, I, it's such a simple change where they merged miscast and irresistible force. I, that was that seventh. I don't know. No, that was that was, was in that, eighth as well. That eighth. was in eighth. Was it just eighth, or did seventh have that? No, seventh was double one was oh, a mid-draft, right. yeah. and double six was irresistible force, yeah? I think that sums... I, I so like that change, because it's... Um, it's. I know it's obviously it combines the punishment with the reward, but the punishment is so ramped up in eighth as to those what it was in... I remember in sixth, like, yeah, you can't cast again, or... Um, he turns into a frog for a phase and uh, who knows, he points in a random direction. But no, and my favourite miscast table is um, Dimensional Cascade because it just sounds like the previous one is Calamitous Detonation, like this is really bad. 
the next step down is it's just got this really nice technical term. It's a dimensional cascade. But what that really means is um, the realm of chaos has opened up uh, where the wizard used to be and obliterated everything around the wizard in some sort of magical nuclear explosion. Mm, unless you've got Banner of the World Dragon. Unless you've got Banner of the World Dragon, then they just shrug it <laughs> off. Um, but um, I just love that. Yeah, I need to get this spell off. I need a double six, but also the double six could kill the most expensive thing that single model that I'm fielding yeah. on this army. Yeah. Um, but the magic's just, it's so. Even the, in fact, I find the buffing and hexing spells more interesting even than the direct damage spells. Yeah. The, I, I like the spell laws. I think the spell laws are fantastic. I like the miscast table. I like the double six being combined with the double one. You know, I agree with all those changes. There is one bit of it that I do not agree with. Oh, go on. 2d6 power dice, maximum of 12. And it's like, yeah, but what do I do in bigger games? But didn't they change it to like the Kane Magic and Storm of Chaos rules is 4d6? Well, oh, I thought we said that. Ed, Ed Times wasn't. <laughs> no, what we said was that it was bullshit that Malekith was the true king. Doesn't, doesn't that happen in that same book? There's, there's bits of the book I'm fine with, like um, Setra telling the Chaos Gods to go fuck themselves. I think that's great. But my point, how, how, how long after the game came out was End Times? Like seven years, eight years? Uh, seven, whatever? yeah, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, seven. seven years. So, like, I know they did. Uh, not Storm of Magic, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you could play a Storm of Magic game, and you got forty-six dice or whatever it was, right? But it was just like so long afterwards, and it was just like I just I found two d six just difficult to to because I was like, you know, if I roll seven, if I roll a seven, and I've got one wizard, I'm only casting like two spells. Yeah, and it's just I found it. But is it not sort of? It's supposed to sort of counterbalance mm -hmm. the fact that the spells are Amazing. really significant. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's and that's probably it. But you know, I I I, I kind of I kind of wanted like not kind of wanted, but I'm not saying I'd change it. I'm not saying I change it because I love it. You know, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's amazing, and I come round to other reasons why I completely agree with you. But it was just like I think I think probably the thing that's making me bitter is probably one of the last armies I was playing in seventh for twenty two, twenty two casting dice. Yeah, <laughs> like it, like it's in, and it was just like yeah, twenty two casting dice, and it was like right, the eighth book came out. I was like right, great, I'll use the same army just to see how it plays. 2d6 dice. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm used to using 22. <laughs> like, where, where are my dice gone? That's like um, the uh, second generation slan in sixth. He got a free dice to add to every roll, so he could just cast yeah. as much as he liked. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think overall, I think it's amazing. Like, overall, I love it. It's so good, in fact, that they tried to steal it and put it in 40k. Well, yeah, but it's that's like 
It's similar, but it's not exactly the same. It, no, but I meant they had the... They've got, yeah. they got the psychic phase and stuff. The psychic yeah. phase. And that wasn't a thing before. It was like, oh, we'll, we'll include this psychic phase that happens after movement, but before shooting. Where did you get that idea from? I was like, all right, yeah, you destroy this one game, and then you include one of the best bits of it in your other game. I, yeah. I get it, but um, it's been quite limiting, the 2D6, because it's not... I've never found it really worth taking more than one level four because you might as well put all your dice through them yeah exactly it's it rather than spreading yourself over too many spells it, it, it yeah it was like i was talking my mate you know i said earlier on this episode that my mate's painting this zinch army and it's got all these horrors and heralds of zinch and he's got a big level four you know lord of change in it and it was just like yeah all your dice are going to be going through your lord of change you know, because he was like, oh, what spell should I get on this wizard and what spell about this one? And I just said, there's no point making your heralds more than a level one <laughs> and just take signature spell on all of them. And uh, he was like, why? I said, because all your dice, no matter how many dice you get, they're all going to be going through your level four. Yeah. It just doesn't matter what the other wizards have got. Um, what, what's yeah. your favorite spell? Curse of the Leper. It's typical Nurgle demon answer there, isn't it? No, it's it, it's amazing because it's a oh oh it's either Curse of the Leper or Drain Magic, <laughs> which is the complete opposite. <laughs> Drain Magic's great. I I love this them both because they're both a hex and an augment. Yeah. But and, and it's just, I just, it's just utility. It's like, you know, I can negative your toughness by D three, or I can increase my own toughness by D three, or I can remove a spell from you, or I can remove a spell from me. And it's just, uh, curse of the leper. If I was going to put a gun to my head, it's just amazing. Just love it. Just, when, is, be, when is that not useful? Just be careful <laughs> in what order you cast drain magic, because if you've buffed up a unit, then you drain the magic. That's uh, that's a. <laughs> Rookie mistake that you never do again. I'm going to cast Drain Magic on myself. <laughs> What's that going to do? Nothing. Yeah. Why are you casting it? Because I get plus one ward save. Yeah. So um, get, and it's cheap. It's just such it's a cheap a five up to cast. Yeah. And then, you know, I was playing my mate's Orcs once, and I was like, I'm going to AOE Drain Magic. Got it. <laughs> it was just like removed all his orc buff spells and itchy nuisance was gone and Gork will fix it all gone. All these annoying fucking orc and goblin spells gone. So it's like ah, signature spell. <laughs> well, one or two. Um, mine would be probably something really, I really, really like Enchanted Blades of Avon. Is that from uh, Metal? Metal. It's just a plus one to hit and armor piercing. Fair. Because, but is that not useful? Uh, it's like that is cast that anything. Um, archers, uh, uh, swordmasters, so they're hitting on twos. Uh, what they're called? Um, Hellblast of volley guns. There's nothing that can't be improved with a plus one to hit. It's great. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Like, I. You know, other ones that I really like. You know, Ice Shard Blizzard. Yeah, that's great. great. That's fantastic. And that's a signature. Yeah. 
argue, people argue that the most power, one of the most powerful spells in the game is um, even though it's not a, it's a Forge World book. It was Ash Storm. Yeah. Chaos, yeah, quite a stuff magic, and well, yeah. borderline and, broken. But, but I, I, I think another one that oh, uh, I really like is Curse of Anya here. The you can't well the dangerous terrain for everything one. The dangerous terrain for everything on a one or a two, <laughs> I think it is, and it's just like yeah, it's you, cast th- it, you cast it on a big horde. And it's like, do you dare move? <laughs> that's a third of your army possibly well, a third of your unit dead like takes a wound with no arm saves I just love it, this thing's great <laughs> like do you this... really want to move that big block no <laughs> that was supposed to be like the um, the counter to like because everyone, oh hordes yeah you know they're so powerful yeah but a horde is a big target for some of these really really powerful spells like, and mm. some of them aren't that expensive to cast like final transmutation I think is on a 15 yeah, and that'll delete on average a third of your unit. Mm-hmm. So your horde is rapidly becoming less of a horde, um, and that's apparently supposed to be the counter to the the, the, the in-game counter to, um, to the horde ta- technique or horde use. Anyway, is that these spells are even more devastating to a concentrated block of forty or fifty models? Mm. Yeah. Great, love it. Because <laughs> there's so many benefits for taking a horde, so there's got to be ways of removing them other than taking a horde yourself. Yeah, because yeah. like you send, uh, uh, what's it called, purple sun through a horde, uh, oh. depending on what it is. Like if it's a, I don't know, orc, or uh, if it's a undead horde, Anything. you're gonna kill it. Dwarves, orcs, lizardmen, ogres. Yeah, it's just—it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. And getting back to that um, double six mechanic, at this point, you're now totally up. Is it worth my wizard possibly being killed? But you can delete a significant chunk of the army, and that's probably a a payoff that's worth it. Yeah, I I completely understand where you've gone with that because I. Usually, more is a chaos for a long time on the tournament scene where you've played against them. I've taken uh, Demon Prince of Nurgle, yeah, haha, <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those guys, and it's I was always the unbreakable and crumbling Demon Prince, yeah, the unbreakable and crumbling Demon Prince with a one up armor save, and everyone's on either fives or sixes to hit him in combat because he's weapon skill nine at minus one to hit, right. It's like, and he gains wounds back in combat. <laughs> it's like, um, and that's without the magic. <laughs> but, you know, I make him a level four wizard, and it was like, oh, do you take death or do you take Nurgle? And I found myself, you know, I was like, oh, I'll go death because then I can fly him up a line and I can purple sun across an army or I can throw him into combat and then I can cast purple sun in the combat that I'm in, you know. But then I found I was just like, well, to get purple sun, I need to double six usually, yeah. because otherwise they're going to dispel it. But I don't want to kill my five hundred point model by miscasting, yeah, yeah. So I found that I take Nurgle, the law of Nurgle instead, and it's I think it's arguably better than taking death magic on him because it makes him 
the unkillable demon prince even more unkillable. That's yeah. like what I was saying. The 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 buffing and hexing yeah. spells. I've I find them more interesting than the direct. Like, I've never take Laura Fire, and probably the only spell in Laura Fire that I, I find interesting is um, Flaming Sword because that plus one to wound roll. That's I, better to me than a um, a two d six fireball. Feel really bad for Laura Fire, like if you look at artwork or game like like computer games that have been produced for Warhammer it's always a fire wizard <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah he's cool yeah you know but oh they're great in Total War you know they're great in Total War they're amazing but you can cast spells into combat you know <laughs> it's like, um, you know but in you know in what that one where you fight loads of Skaven or um or or the role playing one that was on um Warhammer Online, you know, the the trailer for it had a fire wizard and it was like look how cool he is. But they I think they I'm not saying it's a bad law, there's uses to it, but they're possibly you could argue that they're the weakest out of the eight laws of magic, yeah? Yeah, that's, and I think it's because it's, it's a shame. It, it is all direct damage, which isn't well. Magic missiles or direct, missile direct damage, which is the buffing spells of where it's at. Mm. But yeah, magic phase. That is my number two. I'm gonna counter. Oh, before we go on to the magic phase, uh, you heard that Graham on the channel uh, always talks about how he loves the reason he loves Warhammer is the chaos that can go on. Magic phase is <laughs> something that causes chaos. <laughs> absolute chaos. It's, it's ultimate high risk, high reward, isn't it? Oh, it's absolute chaos. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I have tried playing games with no wizards. I use corn demons on the channel. And it's it's just sad not skipping the magic phase. <laughs> I couldn't wedge a level four into this dragon off, uh, but I've put a level two in because I can't not. Even though I'll be outcasted and dispelled, but for the but, one or two spells I might get off, it's worth it. Well, now he's taking a manticore over a dragon. You could take a weaker dragon, which will give you points. No, no, no. no. My, the, this prince would not ride anything less than a star dragon. That's it's beneath him. Seven, toughness seven dragon. Yeah. He's from Kalidor, so he wouldn't accept the, uh, a lesser <laughs> dragon. So... Well, what am I, a, a beggar? I don't go on a, a moon dragon. It's a star dragon. <laughs> star dragon away. <laughs> um, I'm going to counter your magic phase with deployment and movement phase. Ooh, controversial. I, what, so I'll start with movement phase. The movement phase for me is the most important phase of your turn. You can royally screw yourself over <laughs> in the movement phase. And your choices of um, your arcs, your line of sight, your reforming, how far close do you get to the enemy, how far back do you go, um, your which charges do you declare? Do you want to flee as a charge reaction? Do you want to stand and shoot? 
well, if I flee with this unit, how is that going to impact my units behind? Is it going to cause fear? Is it going to cause panic tests? If I charge here, you know, the opposite way around, then he could flee. How does that leave me exposed? Oh, well, if he flees, I can redirect into this one. But, you know, it's it's all these different things. And I... It's the most crucial, most crucial turn, a phase of the game, a phase of the turn. And I love it. I love it. I love the complications. I love all the strategy that has to go into it. Um, because combat's combat. You know, shooting, shooting, you shoot. Yeah, you roll dice, you shoot. Combat, you fight. Yeah, combat's probably got a bit more than shooting because you declare challenges, you can make way. Which characters do you hit? You know, Do you actually go to hit the characters? But with movement, there's so many different levels, so many different things you have to consider. Um, I think it's... I love it, and it's just because it's on square bases, because it's regiments, because it's wheeling, because you know you happen to swift reform and turn and move and and all these things. It's because it's difficult. Because it's difficult is why I love it, and it and because it's more difficult than Age of Sigmar. It's more difficult than Warhammer Forty K. I think that's one of the reasons why I love Warhammer, playing the game of Warhammer so much is because of the difficulty level in it and movement phase for me is games of won and lost yeah it is quite satisfying when you've set something up in the movement phase that then pays off what i mean so if you've calculated i can obliterate this unit in one turn and then overrun into another um, charge that i've declared and that unit gets to fight again yeah um but i i it's it's such and I I like it, but I'm I'm not as good at it as uh, well. I, I wouldn't say you to big your ego up, but certainly Steve. As, totally as, as I make myself out to be. <laughs> yeah, but Steve, I played uh, his Bretonians. I lost that in the minute when I think back on it. I lost that in the movement phase and possibly yeah. even the deployment phase, uh, and he just outmaneuvered me and draw, dragged me into things that I shouldn't be doing and. Um, uh, that that you know, get you out of line, get you to flee, get you flee past your, th- your lines. You rally. You're in, you're in no position to do anything because you've you're nowhere near where you need to be. Yeah, it can all go tits in the mo- movement phase, and um, yeah, and it's very hard to recover when it does. Yeah, and it it's it's it it's it's punishing, but I think that's why I like it because yeah. you, you you have to you have. To, to be on it, yeah, and you have to be adaptable. You have to adapt to how the opponent moves, or their charge reactions, or you know how gung ho they might be. You know, because I I've played against people, you know, some more experienced people and some less experienced people, and they move completely differently. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, I wasn't, think, I didn't think you'd do that because you know I would have done it this way. You know, whatever, but. I, I yeah, games and won and lost on on the movement phase um, more than anything. I I feel and um, it, and to a to a lesser extent the deployment. Yeah, so I find the deployment phase or setup that hurts my brain the most. <laughs> and. James and I, like people who know James from his Orcs and Goblins on the channel, James and I have played each other 
dozens, dozens and dozens of times, yeah? We know what all our units do. We know what will happen if this unit fights this unit. You know, we know everything. You know, we know all the different permutations of combat, yeah? But because we know that, our deployment is much more crucial. <laughs> and we played each other recently. Uh, I didn't record it because um, we were... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we were using someone painted models. But oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I, I, hate, <laughs> I, I, broke my, I broke my own rule. Um, now, what it was, was I'd forgotten my Illyrian Reavers and I'd left them at my house by accident. And he he lent me some of his like Bretonian squires, and I was like, I'm not even taking pictures of the game because <laughs> there's Bretonians on this board. Yeah, they have a big censored bar over them when they. Yeah, I was just, I'm not even going to take pictures. It just you know, I was like, if they die in the first couple of turns, then I'll start taking pictures. Yeah, because they won't be on the board. But they lived until like the end of the game, and I was like, how they're reavers. But anyway, it's um, differently. But differently. Um, yeah, but the. Um, you know, we deployed, um, and I got, and after turn one, we both had one turn. James was like, "I've lost this game," and we hadn't really rolled any dice or anything. And it was, uh, and I, and we, I kind of knew that I was just after the movement phase in turn one that I was already had a huge advantage over him because of the way I'd deployed and the way I'd maneuvered in turn one. Especially with like the vanguards and vanguard and their move and you know other things, and James was like, "I've deployed all wrong," and he knows his orcs, but he he deployed wrong. He wasn't, you know, obviously was out of practice and things like that. And this makes you know deployment is crucial. It is crucial, and I think if I play battle line, I find deployment really stressful because how you deploy is up to you. I enjoy playing Dawn Attack because it's less your choice. <laughs> See, Dawn Attack is probably my favourite of the ones to roll. And it, a lot of that is the fact, well, there's nothing I could do about it. <laughs> but, but even when I played uh, when I played Graham on the channel um, recently, we, we rolled up Dawn Attack and I was like, oh, you know, I, in my back of my mind, I was thinking this is going to be a lot easier on my brain because... You know, I'm not going to get to pick where I put my units. Like, five out of the eight units I had, I rolled a six for, which meant I get to choose where they go. Which is really <laughs> what you want. But... It's what you want, but I didn't want that. Because <laughs> I, just, I just wanted, like, because my brain was started going, oh, no, now you have to think. And I had to, like, put them down, and I was like, oh, you know, Vanguard. The agony of choice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, and, and I was... You know, I didn't want it, <laughs> but it was. But no, the the deployment phase is the most stressful for me, um, and I think I love that because it it tests me. The shooting phase doesn't test me. The combat phase doesn't test me because at that point you're not making decisions; you're just rolling dice. Yeah, the majority of decisions are made are in the deployment and movement phase. Yeah, and that's why I love him. I think it's great, and I would um, change him. I said. Um... I've talked about this battle loads of times. I'm probably bigging it up more than it was, but I really enjoyed it. Um, that tournament I went to in Worcester, where I played the Dark Elves, and that mm. was a um, that was a White Lion horde I had, and he had a Witch Elf horde with a cauldron, and that was the movement was 
keep this my horde away from that because I don't think they win that fight with the volume of attacks, poison, stuff like that. So keep that away from that while trying to get into the rest of the army. And that was really fun and challenging. Like it was like trying to keep these two bricks away from each other and into the other stuff while trying to protect my other stuff and my horde from this choppy up witch elf thing. So that was that was more a battle in the, the movement phase because they never fought each other. There was like keep away from here make sure they're not pointing there, try to bait them out and charge something else, flee. You know, it was, so that was that was an intense movement phase from what I remember. Yeah. And you remember it. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, and it's just... Yeah, like, I remember I went to a tournament and I was playing against an Orc and Goblin player again and he had two Squid Gobblers. Squid, two Squid Gobblers, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Just imagine, I've just watched that Battle report where the guy you were playing had one of them. James, it will be James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're tough. They're really tough. Yeah, because you said that can't be the rules. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I was right. Yeah, <laughs> they don't get thunderstorm. <laughs> no, I was like, is it a war machine? Is it a monster? Make make your choice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the rules are right though. Three d six attacks. Three it's attacks at strength five. It's like what you're supposed to be a war machine, you know. Well, like, I think again, again. Sorry, and it's not. This is not an attack on James, but you know, um, nobody's watching this. You can attack who you like. But no, but it's like people are watching. But they, it's like Hell Cannon. Yeah, Hell Cannon's not a war machine. It's not a. It's monsters and handlers. Yeah, it's got a very specific rule set because it's monsters and handlers. Yeah. And as a Chaos player, I should know that. I play the army, I should know that that's that. And I'm trusting the other person to know what their rules are. And going back to this conversation we're having earlier, I'm trusting that person. But when they come out with some ludicrous thing like that, it's like, hold on a second, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's go back. You know, and the other thing we found out, not in that game, but the next game we played, is it should be on a square base and not a oval base. Because there's obviously a lot of janky things you can do if you charge war machines. You can point it any way you'd like. Yeah, you know, but because it's on a square base, you can't because it's it's a monster. It's not a war machine. Yeah. So it does have fronts and arcs and and all this stuff. So, it you know, you do have to be quite careful with it. But but anyway, he, this guy had these two squid gobblers and they are lethal. They are for 120 points. I'd take. I'd always take two. Yeah, I would take three, but they're a rare choice, and you can't. <laughs> so I'd, I'd always take two for 120 points. They're amazing, and he had two of them, but he only got a 24 inch range, and he sat them right in the center of the his deployment zone in the center of the board pitch battle and it basically created this 24 inch zone of death <laughs> right and i was like i don't want to go anywhere within 24 inches of the middle of the board so how can i get around that yeah and what i had to do was through movement deployment and movement i had to taunt because he's not scaven he can't shoot into combat i had to like kind of taunt his units out so I could then charge into them and then overrun into the stuff behind, yeah, and therefore not take so much fire. Um, 
So I had to get right through this 24-inch zone of death through through use of movement and you know going back to the whole movement phase being amazing. It's that's you know the movement phase won me that yeah. I can't go you know when someone says you can't go within 24 inches of the center of the board, how are you going to win? Well, yeah, you, you're going to have to maneuver your way to victory somehow. Yeah, so it's uh, movement phase. There you go. Finesse. It's all about that. Um, well, my next one is sort of connected to that. It's um, I've written how complicated the game is. Because <laughs> um, I really like that. And it's not complicated in um, the 40k sense that the rules don't... The rules change every week. Well, yeah, they change every week and you've got You've got to take three books to get all, unless you've got a ninth edition book. You've got to take the uh, the Strategy Awakening, the Army book, and the Rule book, and the Errata and the FAQs. And the scoring system is like a nightmare. I really don't like the um, the way the ninth edition forty k scores. Uh, but you know, like you're saying, there are defined arcs that these um, that the your blocks of infantry follow. Um, they can only look a certain way. They can't charge different ways. There's no 360 line of sight. Um, all these special rules are documented in the the army. Sorry, the the rule book, and they all do separate things, which you expected to know. Uh, they all interact with each other. Um, and I've got um, not a photographic memory for it, but for some reason, I, I tend to retain rules um, quite well. Mm. So it to me it make it, it's not complicated in the sense that I can't follow it. It's it's like uh, a really satisfying level of complication, and that right that's got always strikes first, but that's got always strikes first. So I know that they strike at the same time. It's not in initiative order. Uh, that's got uh, large targets, so I know that it's got an eighteen inch. All these little different rules are interacting with each other, um, and it's more than just. Like in 40k, it's it's different ways of saying the same thing. Like they've all got different reroll one aura. Mm. It's just it's just got five different names. Whereas fantasy's got five different rules attached to each unit that you've got to look up. But then the more you use it, the more you get to know it. And I just like knowing uh, an obscene amount of complicated rules. That's just satisfying to me. I th- I think it is definitely complex. It's it's it like this there is a lot of levels of complexity to it. I'm not saying other games don't have levels of complexity to them, but having worked for Games Workshop previously is those who listened to our last episode would know. Yeah, all three of the people will know that. <laughs> Trying to teach brand new people Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy is harder than teaching someone Lord of the Rings or Warhammer 40k. How many times in a intro game do you have to say uh, you can't do that? <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> I try not to say it. Yeah. Um, I used to make up rules all the time in intro games, yeah? Because the rules aren't important. The rules aren't important in an intro game. The, in, the, the whole point of an intro game is to sell the game, to sell the hobby. 
That's, that's the point. That's why I probably couldn't be employed by them back then anyway, because it'd be like, <laughs> no, you're wrong. You do, you're wrong. The rules clearly say you're not able to do this. <laughs> no, but that's what beginner Sundays are for. But <laughs> it, it, it's like, now you're in the hobby. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> stuff that lured you in, you can't actually do it. No, but yeah, I used to make up stuff all the time, but it's just about making the game fun, making, because they might only have 10 minutes. Yeah, they might only yeah, have 15 no, minutes. I mean, the intro game wasn't really what I meant. But, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean? But, said, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, teaching someone... Get out of the shop! <laughs> but teaching someone how to play Warhammer is, is like, all right, so this is how you move. Oh, and then you have to wheel like this, and then, oh, you... you why can't I move just right? Oh, no, you can't, because you have to do a swift reform, and then you can't march that way. You have to only be able to move four inches that way. You know, like, you've got a test to move at all, so be yeah, really sure that you want to do this. It's like my unit's within eight inches of yours, and therefore <laughs> you have to take a march test. Oh, no, but you're playing dwarves, and then therefore you can just do <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> and it was just like all these things. Is, you know, it's just, it... But that's just that, and then... If you just I, get love to all the... that. I love all that. It, it should just be a clanking mass of nonsense and grinding contradictory rules, <laughs> but it's not. It, it, it's, it, it works really smoothly for, for me, it anyway. Does. It does. It's just, I'm just saying, it is, I completely agree with you. It is complex because of how, you just think about how difficult it is to teach someone it. That's it's complex. Yeah. They, they sort of admit that in the, uh, the rule book as well. It's like, here's the simple rules. If you've First couple of times, read these. Don't bother with what's coming next. What's like, coming next? And then the next third to two-thirds of the book is what's coming next. Well, no, I, I think it's brilliant, but, you know, but even, like, the combat, so it's just like, I have to match your weapon skill to your weapon skill, and then you roll an, an axe, right, so you've hit them. And you think to yourself, if I hit someone with an axe, it's going to hurt them. Oh, no. It will only hurt that person if it's, like, man versus man. Both strength three, toughness three. It's like I've just hit that guy with an axe. Yes, well done. But only fifty percent of the time is it actually going to hurt them. What? <laughs> it's like easy. You roll a dice. Yeah, okay. Now you've hurt them, and now you have to roll for armor. Armor save. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Stand by. <laughs> you haven't got through the armor yet. <laughs> no. It's, it's funny. It's funny. You know, it, it all makes sense to us gamers. Yeah. But trying to teach someone that. It's very, it's quite difficult. Yeah. I think it's that. That's also nice because people seek it out. Like you, we've made a people who still play it. have made a conscious choice to go for it because I think a lot of people go for it because it's it's like that. It is a bit more complicated. There is a bit more to do with it. Um, it's certainly one of the reasons I like playing it. <laughs> and this is a completely different thing. But I was just talking about rules there that don't really make sense, yeah? I completely agree with those rules, but, you know, you can see why they don't make sense. And when I used to play 40k, I had a unit... I used to... I used to have Blood Angels Army, right? And I had a unit of Terminators in them. And I gave them all... They were all helmetless. They all just had bare heads. People were like, that makes no sense. Why would a Terminator go into combat with... No helmet on. What if he gets shot in the head? And I'm like, yeah, that represents his one in six chance of dying. 
<laughs> he's got, you know, because he's got a one in six chance of you hit him in the head, one in six chance of you hit him in the arm, and he's fine. <laughs> but it's so, he's like, good. so if he put his helmet on, he'd have a zero chance of dying. Yeah, it, like if they had helmets on, they'd be completely fine. <laughs> and he'd never die. It's <laughs> 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 just silly things like that, you know. But but the, you know. they keep things that um, that you forget, like um, units with flaming weapons cause fear in cavalry, like. That that makes complete sense, and it's it's a little tiny little thing that I don't think. You know what? I completely forgot about that rule. Yeah, there's it, loads of them like that, just little bits and pieces like that. And mm. however sad this is, but I do like reading the fantasy rule book just just for no particular reason, just to go through the uh, the special rules and stuff. Yeah, well, why not? Like, I find myself always forgetting fast cavalry rules or because there's so many or skirmishing rules or yeah, you know skirmishes. yeah and it's just like what does that do again you know what's that it's and like, oh, yeah, you know as well there's the thing with fantasy um because there's so many rules there's a tendency to merge them with previous editions yeah um and things like um for example, characters have 360 field of vision in six, I think, and they can turn anywhere in charge. They can't do that in eight. Like, uh, I'm sure you could do this. Like, no, you can't. That's 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 a previous edition's rules. And uh, I mean, that's just an occupational hazard of playing a game with that's <laughs> existed for that long with so many different iterations of the rules. Yeah, it, it, it's. Oh, it's I was going to say something poignant, but don't matter. <laughs> But even even in army building, it's like um, you you have to take a, your uh, your point limit, and then you have to divide it into a percentage and take minimums of that. No, 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 no. That. that is so much more. That is so much easier than building an army in forty k. I am sorry, detachments, command points. Like oh, but if you take this detachment, then you lose command points. What what what? Can't I just take two troops and one HQ and then build stuff around the rest of it? Thank you. No, 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 no. If you take this detachment, then you have to have a minimum of this, and then if you do this, then you have to have this, and it's just like no. It took me about six months to work out what Battle Forge meant. What? What? Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> it's like you know, I'm, I'm, I was just like, which, uh, you know, I, you know, I said to my, I said to my mates, I was like, I'm gonna because some of them play 40k. I was like, you know what? I don't like painting with unpainted models, yeah. So I'll I'm gonna paint my army first, and then I'll come along and play a game. And they're like, yeah, but what if your army's not legal? And I was just like, how how can it not be? I'm gonna pay a couple of units of marines and a couple of characters, and so it's like, oh yeah, well you have to take this detachment then, and blah blah blah. And I was just like, what? What? Like I just want to play. I just play you know play a game <laughs> it's just like so i think 25 percent, 50 percent is so much easier than 40k i don't even know what the rules are for taking age of sigma i presume you just take anything you want i yeah? don't know i have a difficult relationship with age of sigma <laughs> well, no complex, complex complex no that's a yeah. good thing i have a difficult relationship <laughs> 
I, I don't it, dislike 40k, but it, it's I know why they've gone to speed the game up. They simplified it so it's now you hit on your to hit roll doesn't change. It's in your profile. You hit on a two up, and to me that like if a lord is fighting a lord, they're the comparison of weapon skill makes sense because they're they're highly yes. skilled so they're yeah. not going to be both hitting each other easily it should depend oh. you know they're going to be parrying and whatever but i get it they want to speed the game up so i i, I get it for ballistic skill i don't get it for weapon skill yeah yeah i get it for ballistic skill because you've got a gun yeah no <laughs> it's like <laughs> but no it's I I I watch 40k as I said. I watch it on tabletop tactics, not the tabletop tactics. I try watch it on tabletop tactics, but those guys go way over my head. Um, you know, 40k in 40 minutes or whatever. Play on tabletop. That's what they're called. And it's like, but then when they start going, oh, and then I took this relic, which is minus one command point, and it's just like, oh, and if I do this, then it was also minus one command point because I took this warlord trait or whatever, and it's just like, what? The um the the problem with forty k, which you can't really do with fantasy, is the when you start getting like stratagem runs. And, like I play this, so you can't Overwatch, and I play this, so I'm plus oh. ten strength. So I play this, so you don't get any vulnerable saves. So I play this, so I'm now five damage. So I play this, so it's like that's too much. That stratagems, I quite like them, but. When you start piling them on, and like, so this means I just have to stand here and get my entire army obliterated, and there's literally nothing I can do about it. Yeah, that's what that means. Yeah, that's not complicated. That's just piling stuff on one thing on top of another. <laughs> um, but um, but no, I do like the complexity, and and I think that goes back to why I probably like movement the most, is because of the complexity of movement. That's, yeah, it's probably the most complicated. Uh, Phase, but there's all the, all the other like ancillary stuff, like um, psychology and stuff, which is pretty unique to fantasy, I think. Now, yeah, anyway, definitely, definitely, yeah. You know, like, there's all sorts of different representing different things that can happen to the tutors. They can for for fear, which is different to terror. Uh, they can panic for various different mm. reasons. Uh, having their own units flight flee through them causes them to panic. And like, yeah, this is really for what it's trying to represent of linear tactic warfare this is all really good and i enjoy that extra layer to it you haven't just lost you know you don't just roll a dice and you know like one more person runs off like the, the whole unit runs and then everyone who saw it run like, oh fucking hell we we're out of here and yeah. then that's when your line starts coming you start going jesus <laughs> how do i recover this yeah completely agree love it love it you know you know complexity this is, um, I think, we, if this, but what you were just saying there leads on nicely to my next one. It's almost like we planned this, but we didn't. We didn't. Is my favorite thing, one of my favorite things is ranked up units, ranked up armies, and yeah. also the battle artwork. Yeah. So I love seeing ranked up units rank and if like hordes i think hordes look brilliant if it's a fully painted horde it looks brilliant especially when there's if you're playing against skaven or orcs or whatever and they've got multiple hordes next to each other it's just like i don't care how hard that is it looks awesome yeah and you look at the artwork you know you um 
hundreds of different artwork, and you see these big, huge lines of thousands of creatures or monsters or men of the Empire charging into each other or whatever. That's what I want to see on the tabletop. That's what I want to be able to recreate. Stick them on square bases. Let's see some ranked up units. It looks amazing. Yeah, and I fully you, agree. It, you know, you're talking about your art units crumbling, your whole unit running away, and then like you know things like people chasing them down and stuff. Yeah, I just think it's got a psychological impact as well, isn't it? If someone puts down a hundred unit, a unit, uh, sorry, a hundred clan rat strong units, so a hundred scaven slave unit, like. Right, how do I deal with that? Uh, that? You know, that's that's a problem, and it looks like it's now taking up big chunks of the battlefield with these units. Like, if you're playing, especially if you're playing an elite army, if you're an elite army and you've got a full unit of like chaff, well, not chaff, but tar pit units. Like, what am I going to do about this? Mm. <laughs> the whole opposite side of the field is now just full of stuff that I've got to deal with. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's just something about you know, like I've got like my shelves of miniatures behind me, and you know I've got my like my Space Marines on their shelf, and they're all there, and they look cool, yeah. But then if I look at my shelf with all my my Chaos Warriors are on, and they're all in their like big movement trays, and they're all ranked up, and there's like 50 Warriors, and there's like another 50 Warriors, and then there's like 50 Marauders, and another you know, and then beneath them on the other shelf, there's like 50 Plague Bearers, and like 50 Bloodletters, and you know, they're all ranked up and painted. That just looks a million times better. Yeah? And yeah. Don't get me wrong, the, the 40k is probably nightly better painted on an individual model level because I spend more time on them, but this is something, it gets you in the feels, because when you're a kid and you're, and you're watching movies you know um, you know, you, you're watching whether you're watching Lord of the Rings or whether you're watching uh, Gladiator or even the old Sword and Sandal epics um, you know, if you're watching El Cid, which is one of my favorite historical films, it just looks, it's awe inspiring. It gets you, it, it's what you want to see. And it, I just. It does uh, replicate like, what they're going for. And like, yeah, it's supposed to be, um, it's not a skirmish. It's supposed to be a tactical. It's not game. a skirmish game, no. it's a battle game. Yeah. And, so... Yeah. Warhammer Fantasy Battles. They they released a completely different game called Warhammer Skirmish or whatever they wanted Warhammer Fantasy Skirmish, M- more time whatever right Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I want to play battles. I don't want to play a game with twenty models. Yeah, <laughs> but I it, wanna... it, it looks good when they come together as well. You know, you got you yeah. Skaven. Well, what you had with the um, Stone Vermin and the Bell, and they're fighting uh, the forlorn hope of. Or whatever's charging into it, um, <laughs> yeah, it looks it, it feels good as well when you've painted a a brick of oh, let's take it for example, thirty eight white lions, Lariel, and a Bannerball <laughs> Dragon. That just just um, it's quite satisfying to see it all ranked up after you've painted it. Yeah, like I I recently painted forty dark elf crossbowmen, yeah, and I painted them ten at a time. 
And when I painted the first 10, it was like, great, you know, 10 look cool, you know, whatever. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I wasn't happy until I'd painted all 40, I did them in batches of 10, and they were all in their movement trays, and they were all next to each other, because they're in these little 10 5 by 2 movement trays. And then I put them all together in one big block. <laughs> I was like, this, this now looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. It shows how practical it is. Yeah, there's a 40, 40 man unit of crossbows. It's a column of crossbowmen. You're fine. Well, no, honestly, I, I like. But you're saying the art. You mean like the. Um, uh, is it like the. Well, how is it? Well, you yeah, know, like if you look at like, the, the front of the like the Islands of Blood. Or, oh, know, the yeah. Island yeah. Or, um, or. It used to be on the front, didn't it? Like the. Uh, the on the front uh, of the box, yeah. Yeah, it used to be depicted in art on there. Yeah, and, or even, but if you if you've got the the big hardback Warhammer rulebook, yeah, if you open that up and they've got some of the set pieces that they've done with the miniatures, it's just incredible. It's just wow, you know. And it's like that's what I want to play. I want to play that game. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to play. Um, and it just, yeah, like I can't can't emphasize how much how you look at the you know i think it was like the front of the islands of blood or the one before that was a battle for school pass you know with the dwarves of the skaven or uh or dwarves and the orcs and goblins or even if you go back to the one which had you know the the high elves and orcs and goblins i think it was like the grom grom the paunch invasion you know there was that one and bretonian and lizardman yeah, all those bretonio lizardmanish conflict of, uh, whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. but you know if you but if you look at the box art and you go that looks cool yeah i want to play that yeah the, and ranked up units are the only way to go for me um i think they folk i mean i, I like f- photographing stuff like a weirdo but i think it photographs really well as well because um, you can get the overall, like the panned out shot where you see where everything is, and then you can go for the close ups where everything's fighting. And this, the skirmish level stuff, it does look good in close up when you pan out, unless you're using tanks and stuff. It's not really so clear. Yeah. But it looks like, yeah, yeah there's, the, there's the army as you would see it, as if you were coming on the battlefield. And it, there it is all arrayed. And like, yeah, this looks really good. This is exciting. Yeah, and it, it's like when... If you watch people play, like, a 10,000-point game, yeah, and they send Which the we pictures. have done. <laughs> I've done I, that. I haven't done that. I haven't been uh, with you guys when you've done that, but play, like, a 10,000-point game. That looks better to me than a 10,000-point game of Warhammer 40k. Because... You know, sue me, yeah. But usually in a ten thousand point game of Warhammer forty k, someone's just got a big titan that stands in the corner and just stands there all game, and you just roll dice for it. Yeah. Well, the, the one have I done? I think I think I've beaten two of them. But one of them, is set, it's the entire length of this church hall is just filled with a table, mm. and it, it 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 is it's a it's a proper battle. The entire thing is just taken up with troops and maneuver and you've got one long battle line and it's it it is a really good rep- it for some reason the fantasy rules they scale up really well mm. except the magic as you were saying but you can you can compensate for that in whatever way mm. 
so even at 10,000 points, it's not unwieldy. Whereas when we played, I don't know how big it was, it was an Armageddon game years ago. Um, and it took forever um, to do a turn and a half. And I was turning and I was out of the game by you know, turn, turn two. Mm. It sounds like turn it's- yeah, it's blam, pie plate, dead, next. All your units are dead. You can go up the bar. <laughs> you can sweep up. <laughs> oh. You're in charge of packing the models back up. <laughs> it's like, I remember like tearing into the apocalypse, this is years and years and years and years and years ago, and they gave him that rule where it was like, never-ending swarm. And so you come back you on. Die, you yeah. just bring it back on. And it's just like, I found that... Because I think I, I played Tyrants, you know, around about that time as well. And it was just like, it was really demoralizing taking off like 60 Hormagaunts or Termagants and then putting them back on only to take them back off again. Not only is it demoralizing, and then it's, them a massive, back on. it's a massive time sink. So I've got to move these from here, <laughs> these 60 rolls from here to here, and then off the table, then from here to here, then off the table. It's like, yeah. Nah. <laughs> it's like only works that rule. Sorry, only works if they also run out of ammunition. Yeah, <laughs> which they don't. <laughs> See, that's why I like knights. Three models done. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, like why? Like, I was, you know, forty <sighs> k bashing. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I've been exceptionally harsh on this on forty k. I do like forty k, but yeah, fantasy's better. Uh, yeah, I've, so ranked up armies fully agree, yeah. except where they don't rank up properly. <laughs> yeah. It's just something you have to deal with. So, as is traditional, we have ran out of time, which happened the last time you were on the podcast, I think, and probably every time that everybody's been on this podcast. So, um, we'll leave it there. Uh, will you come back on next time to, uh, see out the concluding part of this episode yeah of course can't get enough well can't say fair than that right see you uh, on the next one 